Hello. 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 Hi. 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 Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I can't do this, Joseph. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll stop. Um, oh, but uh, <laughs> uh, in, in other news, uh, I'm trying to get in the mindset of an annoying um, but lovable uh, uh, small child because uh, one will be visiting me shortly. Um, and uh, I will be tasked with uh, managing its well-being. So I'm fingers crossed. What? Fingers oh, crossed. No. Fingers crossed. Going to be able to to manage my niece. <laughs> so um, step one, uh, or <laughs> advice one: don't give the small child any caffeine. Um, also, make sure that more than just overnight oats are available to said child. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think about what else. Um, probably the child will not be entertained by your opinions on Apple TV. No. Um, so you might want to look for some like Yo Gabba Gabba or <laughs> other other interesting uh, television shows that the two of you could watch together. <sighs> and I think that's all the advice I have for now. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, uh, I had watched uh, Incredibles 2 this past weekend, and no spoilers, but uh, there is a segment about somebody taking care of a baby that uh, reminded me, made me fearful. Um, oh, so, no. <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, I, I imagine the problem set is slightly different, uh, but how are you? I am, uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any, any children to take care of, but um, it, speaking of children and taking care of them i don't know uh this is sort of a, a segue there it is boom so i was hanging out with some friends over the weekend um it was pride here in uh the city in which i live um and we had like a get together after it was over and uh i went to use the restroom and while I was washing my hands. I suddenly heard this very loud raucous coming from the other room where there were people sort of like shouting and, and cheering and all this stuff. And so, you know, I quickly dried my hands and came out and um, I said, what did I miss? And there was some one of the one of the people that was there was getting like this huge hug. And uh, suddenly I sort of understood what had happened. And uh, the person had refused an alcoholic beverage, and then <laughs> one of my one of my friends was like, "Are you pregnant?" And immediately, uh, she was waiting. She was wanting to wait to reveal uh, for a little bit of time, <laughs> but she's not a very good liar, so she revealed, "Yes, indeed, I am pregnant, and that's why I'm refusing alcoholic beverages." So um, you know, I'm I'm a little. I'm a little uh, disappointed that when I refuse alcoholic beverages, people don't assume that I'm pregnant. But other than that, it was a it was a pretty good. It was a great moment um, I involving eventual children. I guess is is how that story relates. Well, you might have to take care of that child someday. There you go, and then you can tell them the exciting story about how you were in the bathroom uh, when. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that that's so true. Happened. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Where were you when my my existence was announced? Well, 
I was washing my hands. <laughs> oh no, not again, Uncle Micah. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what happened. It was a it was a great weekend. Um, I found out too uh, that I am a walking bisexual stereotype. Uh, had no idea, but uh, apparently- wait, wait, wait. I need any clarification. What is a bisexual stereotype? Like, I so okay. A sort of you. F- I guess like I f- I am I have done something that apparently is a very bisexual thing to do, or a thing that like other bisexual people do. Um, someone decided at some point. Uh, it ended up being linked to a Reddit thread. Um, where, you know, the, the saying, come to the dark side, we have cookies. Yes. So someone decided that, uh, bisexual people should have some sort of offering. Um, and they decided lemon squares was, or, or lemon bars is how some people call them, um, is what, you know, they wanted to offer. And there was no, there was, the funny thing is like, there was nothing tied to it other than just, the person really liked lemon bars and what and is bisexual and wanted to sort of have that be their offering. Well, people took that and ran with it and started to um, sort of tie meaning to this idea. It's like, what is a lemon bar? Is it just a simple dessert? Is it a tart? Is it a pastry? Uh, to sort of fall in line with the fact that uh, bi folks are not necessarily uh, fitting in one box or another. Um, so sometime before uh, Pride this past weekend, the lemon bar became the official dessert of uh, of the buys. And I had no idea about this, but um, I was craving lemon uh, quite a bit earlier in the month. And so I had made some lemon cookies and... I was displeased with the with the way that they turned out. They just weren't lemony enough to satisfy my needs, uh, my lemony needs, as it were. So I uh, found a recipe for gluten free because uh, I've talked before about how I am gluten intolerant. Yay! Um, so I found a recipe for gluten free lemon bars and made that, and they were astounding like i'm not i'm not saying that it was my my hand in making them astounding the recipe was just very 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 good uh they were super tart they were like crumbly they were delicious uh everything that i wanted a lemon bar to be um certainly nothing like those horrible uh boxed lemon bars that i used to eat as a kid uh these were astounding Astounding, and so I decided that I was going to make them for the the pride event over the weekend. And <laughs> those lemon bars went so quickly. Um, as soon as one person had one, and was like, "Oh my god, who made these? These are so good!" Then everybody was like, "I have to have one!" And so then there was a mad dash, and all the lemon bars were quickly consumed. Um, so it's certainly a recipe that I'm keeping around for a while, but. At the event, excuse me, um, at the event, shortly after uh, they were consumed, I had left to go get some um, 
like water or something like that at the convenience store. And I came back and <laughs> immediately one of my friends held up her phone and was like, look, Micah, you're a stereotype. <laughs> and that's whenever I learned about the fact that uh, lemon bars apparently belong to the buys. So, yeah, um, I am and, and and I don't remember what it was, but something earlier in the day had happened. Oh, apparently cuffed jeans are also a thing that bi people do. I happen to cuff my jeans. So, uh, yeah, it was just sort of like checking all the boxes. And uh, we had a good laugh about it. Huh. Learn something new every day. You do. You mm-hmm. do. And I like lemon bars, for the record. They're good, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, although it's been a while since I have had one. And uh, the only person I know who's made any has not given me any. Um, oh no! Who would do such a thing? Uh, I can't imagine, but uh, it'd be somebody that I would end a podcast with real quick if he did not offer to send me lemon bars. Um, but uh, anyway, I, I mean, I, like I mean, lemon I bars. could. It would become lemon soup by the time it got oh, to you. Mm, that's a, my favorite. That's a problem. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I like lemon bars, and I like lemony things. Uh, my one of my, as we discussed in our pie episode, one of my favorite pies is a uh, is key lime pie. And so anything that's really a uh, citrus forward, I, I I I like a lot. I even like citrus stuff more than I like chocolate stuff. And here's the weird thing: Same. I don't like chocolate and citrus together because that is a classic pairing that a lot of people like. Is like orange with chocolate, and mm. I do not like that flavor. I don't think that it's ever done properly. Um, like I remember, and and they may still have these, but I don't know if they do. I don't know if you remember those. Uh, they were shaped like a fruit, like an orange or another thing. Uh, they came they they came in the shape of a ball and uh, had foil wrapping. And I remember one that was had orange wrapping. Um, and you open it up and you sort of hit it, and it breaks apart into little wedges of chocolate um, with this texture on the outside that was made to resemble an orange. And it just was sort of infused with orange and i have never been satisfied uh i will never be satisfied um i've never been satisfied with the flavor there it's not it it like if you're going to do if you're going to try to do that then it has to be very 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 uh orangey to me i think mm-hmm. and it wasn't and i'd never had any that was and i'm with you like let's i i'm okay with keeping those separate and having my uh, delicious chocolate things over here and my delicious citrus things over there. And yeah, I definitely, if someone's going to put two pieces of, of pie or frankly dessert in general in front of me, um, I'm going to choose the, the citrusy uh, dessert over the, the chocolate dessert. Yeah, as all right-thinking people do. Oh, dear. I didn't say it. <laughs> and I'm only kidding. Pie um, is better but, than cake. Uh, yeah, pie is so much better than cake. Uh, but uh, not everybody agrees on this, and it's okay to be wrong about stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I had... St- I made and had... They were both... Uh, they were both firsts for me. Um, strawberry rhubarb pie. And it was very good. Or it is very good. I still have some. Um... I'd never had it before, as I just said, uh, and that was my first time making a pie all by myself, I think. Uh, 
yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with how it turned out. I was expecting it to be, I don't know, like I, I like cherry pie. Of course, I love apple pie, pumpkin pie. Um, but what I was worried about with strawberry pie was the fact that the strawberries, like even just sitting in, in you know, room temperature, they start to get a little warm and mushy after a little while. And I thought, oh, God, this pie is going to be like this sort of mush and not be very good at all. Um, but I think that's like other than the, the tartness of the rhubarb, like I really do think that the rhubarb sort of adds to the structure of the pie. Um, for anyone who's never had rhubarb, it sort of looks like celery. It's got these long strand fibers that run uh, in it. It's a, a like root or stem um, of the rhubarb plant, and you sort of chop it up and uh, throw it in with the. It's like one part strawberry, one part rhubarb, and uh, it was or it is. It's it's uh, pretty good. It reminds me, I think, of strawberry preserves, but more tart than just uh straight up sweet strawberry preserves and uh yeah i'm 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 pleased with how it turned out and it was fun trying a new pie because my oh my i do love pie as we have established on our pie yes. episode uh and uh oh to branch off of your your pride festivities i suppose this is probably a good time to mention that we changed the logo for the podcast uh ah uh, yes yeah um so Micah had been, uh, I don't want to say insistent, um, had been uh, kind of inquisitive. <laughs> yeah, uh, Micah had suggested that uh, perhaps the logo of the podcast could change. Um, and so I prepared uh, some drafts of various ideas that I had had um, and ran them past Micah. And there was an approval process um, where Micah was consulted. Uh, I... I, uh, and then we have what we have now, um, which, uh, if you're looking at your podcast player, is probably an upside-down U of a rainbow um, with uh, unhelpful suggestions on it in white text that may be difficult to read depending on the screen gamma that you have, uh, which is something that I've discovered when I was looking at the logo on various other displays that uh, that are around me. Uh, probably, needs, probably needs just a touch more contrast, but uh, yeah, I... I uh, uh, was inspired based on the previous colors that we had had and knowing Micah's favorite color is green. Um, I was like, well, we have this uh, sort of salmony coral, uh, which I toned down just a tiny, tiny bit in saturation, um, and the Tiffany blue, which is sort of a teal. Um, and uh, we got we got the green for Micah. Uh, and then I was like, well, let's put some more colors in. You got, you got yourself a, like a rainbow and stuff. And I... Uh, uh, since I'm gay and you're bi, and I was like, this works out pretty well, I think, because yes. that's technically what this rainbow is supposed to be freaking for. So, um, ta-da! Happy, ta-da! Happy gay bi. Um, <laughs> so there's no lesbians on this podcast yet, but maybe someday. Um, uh, transgender, etc. Uh, uh, technology, yay! L- yay! <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. Uh, with how it turned out, and um, I'm thankful that Joe was willing to uh, to, to to make a change there because it was sort of like I, I asked uh, Joe, "How long have I been on the show?" Um, and apparently, it's been longer than a year. Uh, and I just I, I'm 
weirdly attached to like what is the word I'm looking for? Um, oh golly, why can't I think of it? Not I keep wanting to say landscapes, and obviously that's not it. It's landmarks or 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 sort of moments where you've you've reached a certain point and you want to to sort of celebrate the fact that you've gotten there. And I wish I could think of the word, but I can't. The point is, like... The word you're looking for is millennial. Yes, there it is. That's the one. Whenever you reach a certain millennial, um, you'd like to celebrate it. And so this was sort of in recognition of um, having done this show together for a while uh, and sort of bringing bringing a little taste of... (laughs) Oh God, never mm. mind. A little taste of mica is not where mm. I was trying to go with that. Yeah, um, yeah. lemony, lemony taste. Um, mm. Lime. That's what that's uh, what the yellow four is in the logo. Um, <laughs> lemon I love bars. It. So yeah, it's uh, just including uh, including me as well. And it's it's quite nice. I'm I'm happy with how it turned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and. I was also somewhat motivated since this was a draft idea when it turned into the month of June and it was Pride Month. I was like, we should probably put this up now because it'd be kind of dumb to put this up in July. Uh, yeah. so, so I tried to turn out a couple of iterations to get the approval process going. And uh, this after all of the typeface suggestions that you 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 poor sweet person. Well, dealing I, with me. Both of us have opinions on on typefaces. Um, and uh, I what I settled on. Um, was uh, Pythagoras the uh, uh, the typeface of Clue? Um, if you look at Clue the movie, <laughs> nice. I didn't realize that's not no. It, I mean, it just I like the font, but it has nothing to do with my appreciation of Clue. Um, have you ever seen Clue? Oh, of course I've seen Clue. Uh, yes, one plus two plus two plus one, not one plus two plus one plus one. But uh, yeah, I I, I uh, we, we had gone back and forth because there are some things uh, in terms of like humanist uh, sans serif fonts uh, of a certain <laughs> width and uh, et cetera and uh, X line height, et cetera, that we, we had to <laughs> consider. Me See, that was finally my opportunity to draw arrows on things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He sent me, my, Micah uh, was, was very much a client and sent me an annotated uh, frame back uh, for kerning notes, uh, so it was, it was. It's that's how you know that it's a process where we 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 work together very well. But uh, I I just wanted to highlight that briefly before we move on to what this show is actually about. Lemon bars, which um, is technology. Lemon bars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What uh, what what tech are we talking today? Ooh ooh. Um, I had a dream last night. <gasps> Where I was at an announcement of the next series of Mac updates, and I didn't see any of the Macs, but everybody had uh, Apple had released a mechanical keyboard that was black with white letters on it, and it was a thick, big mechanical keyboard. And then for some reason, some of the workstations that were around the the little greeting area had uh, old. PowerBook Duo stations in them, um, just sitting there unplugged, uh, because it had apparently inspired the design process, and I don't know why, and I don't know what that had to do with anything. Um, and they were, there was a catalog there where you could buy refurbished Apple phones from the 1980s that had a Snow White design language, um, which is the uh, thing that looks like an Apple IIc. Um, and I was like, this is 
strange. And I woke up from that dream and I was like, I don't know what that, that means or any of that stuff. And uh, if only I had a dream podcast uh, to consult. <laughs> Yes, but, uh, I don't. You should send that one in. No, uh, uh, it, that would be awful. <laughs> look, we'd be able to come up with something. I don't know if you you must not have heard you must not have heard the podcast because we've had some wild dreams sent in, and we we always come up with something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so basically, it was a premonition, right? Like, yeah, there are going to be some Mac updates, and we're going to see a physical keyboard for all of those. Um, for all of those Apple journalists who are into physical keyboards now. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think it's quite, quite the opposite is going to occur. Uh, but uh, it was it was interesting to have that experience nonetheless. Um, there is some consternation that's gone on recently about uh, uh, Apple-y stuff and the lack of hardware updates and whatever. Uh, so maybe that was what I was channeling in, in that moment. Uh, but I, I genuinely uh, have no specific cares at this moment, except that my uh, MacBook Pro has been a little unstable, and so I would like um, to maybe have a new one of them, please, ASAP. Uh, but that's not really interesting technology news uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And what is probably more interesting in terms of technology would be stuff that's happening with the HomeKit app. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you know, this all is still uh, is the the public beta should be coming soon um, because Apple said it would be coming soon. Um, So more people will be able to get their hands on on this and and give it a run. But uh, yeah, I I talked before about how excited I was that the home app was coming to the Mac. um, And it does indeed exist on the Mac now on Mac OS Mojave. Um, And it works very similar to how it works on on iOS. And in fact, if you were to uh, pick up your iPad and turn it in, turn it to landscape mode and hold it up in the air, sort of in front of the screen on your uh, Mac, you'd have a pretty good idea of how it looks on the Mac. And there's a reason for that. It's because in macOS Mojave, Apple uh, used the Home app, the Stocks app, the Voice Memos app, and the news app from iOS to test uh, what is being called Marzipan, but I'm sure we'll have a different name by the time it exists, which is essentially an easy way to, well, a somewhat easy way to bring iOS apps to the Mac. And while Apple is working on getting this ready for developers, it is working on it internally, and so it used these apps to do so. Uh, so it's essentially just porting over UI events on the uh, on iOS to uh, mouse events or keyboard events on the Mac. So it looks and works very similarly. Instead of um, tapping once to turn on or off lights, you click to turn on and off lights instead of 3D touching on a 3D touch enabled device or long pressing on a non 3D touch enabled device you double click to access settings for different accessories and things like that um and you know you can move things around and edit and do everything that you'd want to do uh on iOS on the Mac and I don't think that I talked about it on this podcast but if I did, I'm sorry. Like the main reason that I'm so 
pumped about this is because of the fact that I am constantly uh, testing HomeKit enabled devices or getting them just because uh, to add to my setup and moving them around. And like none of the lights in none of the more portable lights in my house know where they're going to end up and they could go to any room at any time. And it's complicated to uh, do all of those things on iOS to make those adjustments to switch rooms and stuff like that. Uh, whereas it's a lot easier for me to use a pointer and a keyboard to make those changes. So that's why I'm really excited about the home app on the Mac. But on top of that, um, as I think we did talk about before, uh, Siri on the Mac can now connect and communicate with HomeKit enabled devices. And that was an oversight <clears throat> in the first place. And I'm glad that they, you know, have finally added that, uh, that ability there. But I've been uh, in beta land for a while uh, now. I've been testing this uh, for a few weeks. and I've been testing this for a few weeks and, uh, <laughs> and it's still not out to you yet. But um, no, I, I am, I continue to be impressed with how stable uh, this iOS build is. Um, I have not used Mac OS as much and that's simply because I do too many podcasts in a week to mm. uh, run Mac OS Mojave on my main um, hard drive, uh, like the other apps that I use are fine, but I just don't want to fool around with the audio and have that go wrong. So I just have it on an external SSD that I'll occasionally boot into whenever I want to play around with it. But I've been, uh, living in, uh, iOS 12, uh, for a bit and so far so good. The one issue that I've run into, um, and for anybody out there who's in beta land, definitely keep, uh, keep an eye on this. Um, I had some problems where I sent, uh, an iMessage and on my iPhone, the message showed as delivered. Um, and so I thought, you know, the message was sent, but later that day I was on my Mac and I hadn't heard from the person. It was a question and it had been like four hours and they hadn't gotten back to me with an answer. Um, and so I clicked on, you know, the, the conversation on my Mac in the messages app and the message was not showing as delivered there. I went back to my phone and it was still showing as delivered. And so I thought that maybe the Mac had gotten it wrong. Um, and I waited, 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 waited until that night. And I was like, hey, I just wanted to follow up uh, on that question that I asked, because if I don't uh, hear from you that I'm going to my brain is going to invent a hundred different scenarios about how you died in a fiery car crash or something. <laughs> like, just want to make sure you're okay. <laughs> and the person was like, I never got that message. Um, and like, I guess assumed that I wasn't going to believe them or something. They sent me a screenshot of their, their text transcript and it wasn't in there at all. Um, and so that's just something to keep in mind is that, you know, uh, Apple is, rolling out the the messages in the cloud over the course of of the i mean it was just enabled like right before wwdc mm -hmm. if i remember correctly um so uh, that's I'm, like i'm go. not turning it on i there I, you go yeah I, I i know that a lot of people are very anxious for it and it's a feature that i've wanted for a long time but what you've just said is one of the many reasons why i don't want to flip the switch right now <laughs> i'm gonna give it, yeah. give it give it a couple months 
Exactly. So, I mean, Apple, of course, is still ramping up with all of those uh, people using it now. And I wonder if that hasn't played a role in it. That along with... Um, so, so I think that that could be an issue that's that's causing problems. Um, I've had iMessage in the cloud turned on. I've been testing that for quite some time too. Haha. Uh, so it has not been a problem for me um, until now. If that was it, but I actually don't think that that is the problem. Um, I think that it has to do with the new uh, sort of like. FaceTime changes and all of these things that are tied to messaging and your Apple ID together. Uh, and so all those things sort of get wrapped up amongst each other and the way that Apple sort of processes these messages versus just a standard SMS, it got sort of gunked up in the cloud, uh, <laughs> if you will, and did not get delivered. Um, so I recommend uh, for anybody out there who's in beta land if you don't have this enabled, you should. You're going to uh, tap on the settings app. You're going to scroll down to messages. And then on the messages page, depending on your phone, you likely can see from without scrolling an option that says send as SMS. Uh, turn that on. What that does is if iMessage servers are not working or for some reason there's an issue uh, being able to send a message using uh, iMessage, then your phone will fall back to a standard SMS. And that way the message will still get to the person you're trying to send it to. It'll just show up as a green bubble instead of uh, a blue bubble. So uh, that's my recommendation as a fallback. Uh, since that day, I haven't had an issue with my messages not sending, but that doesn't mean that I don't have anxiety about messages not sending. Like now that's, you know, that's forever a thing um, until I forget about it at some point. Like, oh boy, I hope that this message actually is delivered and not just that it says it is. Uh, and I almost roll, I was very, very, very close to rolling back my iPhone to um, to the the most recent release but here's the problem, folks. When you go all in on betas, you really just, uh, let's see, you really just Facebook yourself over. Um, <laughs> so I, I, of course, installed not only iOS 12, but watchOS, what is it, 4. Oh. Um, and so because of that, the only way to roll back watchOS is to send in your Apple Watch to a an Apple, you know, support place and have them like they they take it and they flash it and they do all that stuff with it because they have special access to the device that we don't get. The only way that we can um you know, install stuff is over the iPhone, over the air, there's no way to directly connect to it. And therefore, there's no way to sort of roll back or, or you know, try to install. And so that's why, like, if watchOS bricks your device for some reason, you have to send it in because there's no other way to, to fix that. Now, the reason why I can't then roll back iOS is because watchOS 4 is only going to work with iOS 12 mm -hmm. uh, to, to be connected to your phone and I'm not running. Um, I'm not running WatchOS three, which would work with iOS eleven. So that's my fault. 
Um, and it wasn't some, for some reason I had like sort of spaced on that and I, you know, was going, ah, oh, no, you know, it's no big deal, but, uh, it is a big deal if you want to roll back. But like I said, that has been the only instance of that being a problem. I've only seen that happen once. Um, and everything else is, is running super smoothly. Uh, Joe, I'm curious, have you seen the conversations about, um, the movement of the photos tab uh in in iMessage no uh, so we, the, here i'm going to i'm going to send you a little uh a little point out thing here did they make Basically, it worse cuz they're emphasizing stupid apps again yeah that's exactly what's happening uh, uh yeah so they want to encourage people to use uh, apps, and it seems. And so they've moved the photo picker uh, down into the app drawer uh, in iMessage. And oh, so screw that right before you would you would click you would tap above uh, sort of to the left of the iMessage bar where you type in your your stuff. And now whenever you tap that, it immediately opens the camera for you to take a photo. So about you know, five times a day, I end up uh, seeing this horror. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen those, those sort of hilarious memes of a person like, here's how I look when I accidentally open the front facing camera. And you always look sort of terrible because you're not thinking about how you look and you're usually looking down and you might have some dreary eyes, et cetera, et cetera. And so felt like, Multiple times a day, I'm greeted with this horrible look on my face like, oh, no, what is going on? Uh, yeah, it's not not great. Uh, well, I mean, I, I they I, I hope they change this in the beta process, and which is something that can happen, um, especially with feedback that they receive from people. Uh, mm -hmm. So if anyone listening to this signs up for the public beta and they also don't like this change, you can send in feedback to Apple about that change and maybe they'll change their minds because I think it is also dumb. Uh, not just because of the muscle memory of tapping on the little uh, camera icon, um, bringing up the, the camera slash photo picker, um, which is what it used to do. You used to have like one pane that would show what's in your current camera, uh, camera lenses view. And usually for whatever reason, it was always the back uh, camera for me. I don't know if that's a default setting or something, but uh, then you have all the rest of your photo library off to the right of that. Um, and that's normal uh, in this new process where the photos are in a completely separate area is bad because uh, I don't like iMessage apps. I don't like how iMessage apps are organized. Uh, if there was a way to just mass delete everything except for whatever mm -hmm. this except for whatever the incompetent gif picker is uh that comes by default and uh apple pay which i don't even use i used it one time to send one dollar remember that um, <laughs> i do remember that and that's that's it and so now we were going to wedge photos in there just because we want to drum up iMessage app use no thank you um I remember when it first premiered and there was the yelp app and it's just like have you ever used that? It's even harder than just using Yelp and copying a link and then putting it into the <laughs> iMessage app. I haven't ever used it. I I don't use any um, aside from like of I, like I use Bitmoji, but more often than not, I like to. I don't even like to use the Bitmoji uh, iMessage app because the images are smaller and the Bitmoji keyboard has uh, larger images. 
and works across the whole landscape of iOS as opposed to just in iMessages. So it's hardly even worth it to to have that at all. Yeah, I really think that iMessage apps are a total miss. And I really wish they would stop wedging um, things in there uh, because none of the third-party ideas for what you'd possibly be doing inside of an iMessage app uh, work very well or at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that was just a brief tangent about that. I don't want to distract from your thing. I do also want to install the public beta at some point. Uh, maybe not this first one, but uh, I do want to install it at some point because uh, the CarPlay stuff, I want to see how that is going because CarPlay is better than not having CarPlay, but CarPlay mm-hmm. is not great um, in the sense that there is room for improvement. Uh, and the other day, uh, Apple's Maps servers and Siri went down. So that made CarPlay super not useful. And I could have used uh, Google Maps or something to see possible routes and traffic, uh, which would have been helpful to me if, you know, that was something I could have done. But uh, right. that'll be coming in iOS 12. So Yeah, that uh, that should be interesting. I I keep sort of bouncing back and forth internally between uh, deciding whether I should wait until I need to get a new vehicle and then just have CarPlay at that point or getting an aftermarket, um, what is it called? An aftermarket head unit, head unit. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, That has CarPlay. Um, and the problem is, at this point, like, I don't even know if, like, a CarPlay head unit is probably half of what my vehicle is worth, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, you, two two CarPlay head units would buy me another one of the vehicle that I have, um, which is just ridiculous and so foolish because, like, yes, it's an old car, but there's no way that the thing is only worth like 800 or a thousand dollars it anyway it works just fine and it's uh it's nice for what it is but it's just like a 2004 dodge stratus uh light blue in color um and i would like to uh play around with carplay a lot more and anytime i uh rent a car uh that has carplay i'm like "Mm, i do wish i had this because it is nice um and yeah, I would be good to experiment with the new stuff, but uh, it's not. I, I don't. I don't know if it's going to end up being worth it because soon, uh, like you know, uh, a couple of years or so, and I imagine that old Robin won't be running uh, like she like she does now. So mm. uh, we'll see. We'll see. Is but, is it um, named Robin because it's such a light blue? So it's like. Rob- yeah, Robin's, Robin's egg, egg blue. blue. Okay, just checking. Uh, a friend of mine named it for me. Um, she's she's very good at naming cars. Uh, so I was like, you have to name my car, and she suggested Robin, but it's spelled R O B Y N, mm. like the pop singer. <laughs> the uh, yeah, no, I of course, as we've talked about, I had a two thousand one uh, Honda Accord um, prior to uh, last November. So, uh, that was, that was a long time for that car. Uh, and it was also similarly not worth putting, um, any additional money into, uh, and the repairs for that one were starting to stack up because it was very, very old. Uh, so I, I 
made the decision to replace that and the next car had CarPlay. Um, however, the longer you can wait, the better it's going to be for you because uh, they're only going to be making improvements to Very these head true. units, uh, especially when you think about something like wireless CarPlay, which I believe is only available first party from BMW right now. Um, so my Honda doesn't have it and you have to plug it into the lightning port and that like an animal. No, it's well, not that big of a deal. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a big deal, uh, and it really isn't a huge deal. But it is one of those things where it'd be nice if you just didn't have to do that step. Um, you know, you just put it on its charging pad, and then it was set and ready to go. Um, because what you currently have to do is take it out of your pocket, plug it in, uh, and then wait for the car to boot up, basically, uh, so that CarPlay can get all synced up and stuff and happy. Uh, and it would be nice if you just dropped it in a tray, um, especially if you're running a series of short errands, uh, because then you have to unplug it, take it into the store with you, get, get back in your car, plug it back in, drive to the next place, unplug it, get into, uh, get out of the car, get back in, plug it back in. Um, so it's, uh, like I said, it's nothing to really complain about, uh, but the longer you can wait, uh, the more features you're going to get for less money, I would assume. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, two, there are, I think maybe, I think there are two on the market that are, um, singled in with a, and for anyone who doesn't know, the way that they sort of describe the, uh, way that a head unit fits into your dash, uh, is singled in and doubled in. And it's like, it's sort of like a unit of measurement related to like a Hershey's chocolate bar. Um, that's that. That's my making that up. That's not actually what it is. But uh, if you can imagine sort of a one Hershey's chocolate bar uh, sitting in your dash, that's like a CD player without anything below it. Um, and then two Hershey chocolate bars stacked is uh, a, a double din. Well, I only have room for one Hershey chocolate bar, a single din. And there are only a couple single din head units where the screen actually comes out of the the unit and then flips up. Uh, and that is the one that I would have to have. And those are even more expensive than uh, the double din head units. So... And you know what I hate too is that so many of them are um, resistive touch screens mm. instead of capacitive touch screens. That's just that's like so old school. I don't understand why they still make them with resistive touch screens. Yeah, we've had uh, several rental cars that have had CarPlay, uh, and because they're rental cars, you get the bottom trim level. Uh, and if they do have CarPlay, uh, it's always resist resistive touch, and it's a much smaller screen than what I have inside of my uh, Honda Civic, um, which, as far as I know, the entire line is capacitive, uh, which is the way it should be. Uh, I'm in total agreement. There, There is nothing pleasant about stabbing your finger into a mushy screen. Uh, I, don't, I don't enjoy that sensation at all. Also... The screens generally tend to look duller uh, because they have a matte finish to them uh, as opposed to the, the capacitive ones, which usually have glass on top. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's not, not, not ideal. Um, and I wish that there wasn't this odd separation between, like, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but the car technology is so in another like world where mm. it has to be five years in the past of everything else. And 
it doesn't make sense to me because our cars increasingly like the way that we view vehicles is less how people used to view vehicles where they were these extensions of ourselves and like we we put everything into our cars and they were part of our personality and the car that we had was the status item um thanks to the hashtag millennials vehicles are just a means to an end for many people including myself um my vehicle doesn't say anything about me uh, it's just this device that I use to get from place to place quicker than I could using the devices that are attached to me at the end of my torso. And I don't have any other like real ties to it other than that. It's just a vehicle. And like, I don't, you know, a rental vehicle is just a rental vehicle and a lift is just another type of vehicle or an Uber is just another type of vehicle. Um, and so because of that, like we see them in the same way that we see these other tools that we have, our phones and our computers and our iPads or other tablets. Uh, it's all just tools that we use to connect or, or, or move or learn or make or take, etc. And because of that, I think that it needs to be brought up to speed with the other tools that we have mm. um in in the way that the the advancements happen there and i don't know um i think maybe if they spent less time on the design of the look of the vehicle and more on the functionality of the vehicle uh for the modern individual then we could maybe get this stuff happening quicker uh, than than it does now. I don't think it has to do really so much with the design of the vehicle. Uh, one thing, the most successful um, entry-level cars, especially in the demographic that matters for selling to young people in that, in that category, who are the most likely to buy um, uh, entry-level vehicles, uh, that... The ones that get technology the best or understand technology the best in terms of integrating and using technology are the ones that tend to sell well um, and that when they don't get it, they don't sell well. Um, Honda, uh, Honda specifically had a struggle with the previous generation of the, I'm sorry, the two previous, anyway, they kind of had a 2.5 update sort of. Uh, there was a 0.5 update on the last generation of uh, the Civic where they had introduced it to the market. It had three dumb screens um, and the interior materials were all garbagey and uh, it didn't integrate or work well with anything. Um, and they got dinged for it in every car publication. So then they iterated and they just did a minor update to that and reconfigured some stuff. And then that sold um much better. And then they did the most recent refresh in 2015, which was technically, I think, a 2016 model. But that one, uh, they put a huge emphasis on technology. Uh, other car manufacturers have done similar things. Um, and the more emphasis they put on uh, working well with phones, which is why you see CarPlay and Android Auto um, populating the entire, uh, almost the entire uh, low-end spectrum of cars, um, that that's that's when you uh you see basically that those those sales are holding stable or rising um whereas even if you look at things like luxury cars uh something that 
uh, my boyfriend f- found out about the other night. He was like, "Oh, I wish I could have a Range Rover VLR." And I was like, mm, "No," and I, I was and I was like, "Don't you want CarPlay in your next car? It doesn't have it." And he's like, "What are you talking about? It's a luxury car. Of course it has it." And he looks it up and he's like, "Oh, no, it doesn't," uh, because they don't. <laughs> Uh, a lot of luxury makers, uh, a lot of luxury automakers don't support uh, CarPlay or Android Auto, um, and uh, the people buying it aren't like drawing a line in the sand and saying, "No, I only care about using my smartphone under these conditions or whatever." They're fine with Mercedes Car Command or whatever that god awful in dash system is. Um, have mercy. Yeah, and uh, you know Tesla has their own thing. They don't do Android Auto or CarPlay, so there's there's stuff out there like uh i I think that there is a difference if you look especially at the low end and the high end of the market um in terms of where uh people have been able to push it and where millennials uh have been able to push the market because they care about their phones uh and so the phone integration stuff is what matters what i wish they would do is integrate more stuff with the phone interface because things like car radio which i don't generally listen to but um for whatever reason jason likes to listen to uh car radio uh so we'll put that on uh it is in a completely Mm. separate interface uh because ios doesn't understand radio at all um Uh. yeah so you have to do is you have to go at the to the honda interface that looks like a winamp skin and then you have to use that uh ugly but thing and then you can hop back into uh carplay um and in terms of you know spending time on design or something versus spending time on functionality i would say it's very functional it's hideous uh the the standard honda interface for that kind of stuff and that also goes for other uh features of the car that you have to access through that uh and of course it came with navigation which looks absolutely awful and it performs worse than uh apple maps or uh google maps or anything else uh even if you're using google maps through bluetooth and you don't get the display i would rather do that than try to use the honda interface for navigating uh which while it does do things like searching for locations and stuff like that it is incredibly slow it doesn't understand most things uh the traffic information is always worse than it is on even apple maps which i find to be the worst of the mapping apps um so that's not anything to to recommend that by. So I do think that car makers do see the value in things like CarPlay, and uh, hopefully you'll see that adopted by more vehicles by the time you go to purchase your next one. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed, as it were. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, I'm trying to think if there is anything else uh, worth touching on so early. Um I did see some folks, uh, someone had reverse engineered. Uh, if you don't remember, so macOS Mojave has this interesting desktop uh, wallpaper that is dynamic. And so if you, I think it's only if uh, dark mode is enabled, but I'm not positive on that, so don't quote me. But the, the background will change from this sort of bright day uh, into a dark night over the course of the day. And so it's like, I think desert dunes or something like that. And, uh, slow, but sure things get darker and bluer. Um, and someone reverse engineered that and was able to create their own, uh, dynamic wallpaper. And I thought that was interesting. And there are so many different, uh, wallpaper apps that exist. And I think I've talked about mine before. The one I use is called, 
uh, wallpaper wizard. Um, and <laughs> it just takes whatever they, they they're connected with a service that I love called Unsplash. And you can sort of select your favorites among Unsplash and uh, it'll cycle through them over the course of the day. So I've got two screens in front of me. Um, and I think every hour, uh, the two wallpapers will change to, to something else. And, uh, so right now there's this really terrifying, um, monkey on one screen <laughs> and, uh, it's, it is, it's kind of scary. I'll have to send you a screenshot of it. And then this pretty fire, uh, on the other one. So it's it's nice. I, I like the the changing desktop. I'm okay with it not remaining um, remaining standard, but some people don't like that change. So I thought that was interesting that they were able to reverse engineer the the process there and uh, switch it between between day and night over the course of the day. But um, oh god, that monkey is hideous. Right? It's yeah. a scary it's a scary monkey. Um but has and has a total uh what is it, party in the front uh or business in the front, party in the back, uh yeah. what's that called? Uh mullet. Not a mohawk. A mullet. A mullet. Yeah. It's got a mullet. Yeah. The monkey with a mullet. Uh no, I uh I'm a little surprised that there was no uh tool to make these wallpapers. Um uh, hopefully whoever's really? whoever well I mean, it's kind of stupid if you have one wallpaper that does this. Yes. I, I just mean, don't see Apple creating a tool for it. Like this, this seems like certainly a third party opportunity, but I, I personally don't see Apple doing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if a third party uh, is able to generate these in a way that uh, doesn't require like a kernel extension or some other weird thing to be installed, then that'd be nice. Um, We'll see how that goes. Uh, I I just I I don't like setting my desktop background to be the default background for the operating system. I know there are a lot of people who are really excited about default backgrounds. Um, Oof. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, Stephen Hackett, but uh, uh, yeah, it's just I I just don't care. Uh, it's nice when you're looking at the. Uh, reviews of an operating system to see the standard desktop background. That way you know which version of the operating system <laughs> you're reading. But, uh, and in promotional materials, etc. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me per se. I, I, it's one of the few areas of the operating system you can adjust yourself. So, uh, why, why wouldn't I customize that? I also don't know why you can't do like video as a background. Uh, although I know there are hacky ways to get around that sort of thing. I just, It'd be nice if you could just like do like the aerial screensaver or something from Apple TV as your desktop background and then just like slow down the retime on it so it's even slower. I I wonder though performance wise Oh, I'm sure it would be worth it. It would be awful because all the little windows are trying to like Gaussian blur all the things that are underneath <laughs> them. So it would it would not be great. But you know what? That's what Metal 2 is for. It's not my fault. You guys there deal with it. There you that. go. Make Metal 2 <laughs> Uh, no, do all the work. Stop. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. You, you saved that one. All right. So I think that's all we have today. Oh, and except the follow up that I bought the, the Pride Watch Band from Apple uh, for oh, yeah. for its undisclosed uh, amount of money that it is providing to uh, LGBT uh, organizations. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily love it with the 
case because it has little white nubbins uh, for the attaching. And uh, I can't imagine what case it looks good on except for the white ceramic case, which I saw a photo of. uh, And it looks very nice on the white ceramic case. But uh, if you have money to buy the white ceramic Apple Watch Series 3, then... Uh, we're probably not traveling in the same circles, so <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I don't know about that one. Uh, yeah, but- it didn't it doesn't bother me that much, but I think it's just one of those things where I've just gone, nah, okay, you know, just sort of have gotten used to it. But I, like, I want to say I have never gotten so many uh, IRL compliments about a or even inquiries about a watch band than I have with this one. Like, I've been uh accosted no i i've been <laughs> asked by strangers uh several times about my my watch band and each time i've been able to say like yeah it's uh apple's uh watch band and then talking about how uh it's a special pride month and that they started doing that last year etc cetera, etc cetera. um mm-hmm. and yeah it's been pretty delightful yeah so I, i'm I, happy i have also received compliments on it um and it has taken me by surprise because you kind of forget that you are wearing something, yeah. <laughs> which always happens to me whenever I wear like a t-shirt or something uh, and somebody will be like, oh, nice shirt. And I'll be like, what? And then I'll look down and I'll be like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I remember one time I was wearing uh, my nerd shirt from um, uh, Forgotten Towel on Twitter and uh, someone called me a nerd and it like came out of nowhere. And so I sort of got faux offended and then I was like, why did you call me a nerd? <laughs> and then they pointed at my shirt and I was like, oh, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. One time uh, okay. I was at Trader Joe's and I had uh, an ATP FM shirt on. The original one that was the uh, Mac Pro uh, trash can uh, mm-hmm. one with all the dumb code on the back. Um, but I, I didn't realize I had it on and the guy's like cool shirt what's it mean and i'm like what and i look down and i'm like oh it's for a podcast and he's like what kind of podcast and i'm like a technology oh podcast and he's like oh is it your podcast and i said no and he's like oh that'd be kind of weird if you're wearing a shirt uh that's for your podcast because you'd be like wearing a shirt Whatever. for your band yeah i know um well we don't have a shirt turns out i'm wearing the defocus podcast shirt uh the triangle oh one my god right now <laughs> that's awesome oopsie um but uh anyway wait, wait, wait. speaking of t-shirts mm-hmm. um i do want to i do want to oh yes put yes, this yes out there yes so a while back at whitney arner on twitter that's w-h-i-t-n-e-y-a-r-n-e-r uh, whitney reynolds tweeted millennial does not just mean quote young person like teens are not millennials get with the program millennials are old and shitty now just like you uh which is true i think a lot of people still see millennials as these very young people but that's not the case anymore they are post millennials now and i think they've got other names um but i thought that was hilarious and so i jokingly retweeted it and said that i was going i I think i said like brb going to make a shirt that says old and shitty millennial um well, people started to respond pretty positively to the idea, like, where can I get the shirt? Where can I get the shirt? And I was like, I did not come up with the words, so I'd feel very uncomfortable uh, doing that. Uh, so it'd have to come from Whitney Reynolds. And um, Whitney reached out to me and she's like, hey, friend, do you want to uh, make it? You want to help me make a shirt or you want to like make this shirt happen together? And I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. And I asked her, could we donate a portion of the profits to an LGBTQ plus organization because it's Pride Month? And 
basically we both got to the decision that it would be great to just donate all of the profits to an LGBTQ plus organization. Um, so we have decided to donate. Uh, we, I, I made the shirt and we put it up and you can go to you could literally go to old and shitty millennial.com to get there. And remember, <laughs> millennials has millennial has two L's and two N's. Um, but you can also go to bit.ly slash old shitty well, millennial has three L's, but you mean two in yeah, the middle. Yes, right? yes, yes. <laughs> it says two in a row plus an extra one at the end. Um, but the, the proceeds are going to the Alley Forney center. Um, which is a, I believe it's in New York. It is an organization that uh, provides shelter for LGBTQ plus youth and then also like classes and other types of support. Mm -hmm. um, it's a pretty great place uh, there that, that is one of the largest LGBTQ plus um, places for, for shelter. So yeah. uh, B, awesome B. Arthur left the money in her will when she died. Yeah, that's yes, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of the sort of claim to fame or the claim to m how most people know about it. Um, so very neat uh, that I, I'm like super pumped that we've already raised almost $100 for the Aliforni Center. Um, but we're going to keep keep uh, keep it open. And uh, you heard it here first, folks. Um, I got some some suggestions that People might want to have one of these shirts, but can't have the word shitty on a t-shirt. Um, and so I talked to... I can't I talked imagine to, why. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I have mine. I'm just wearing it at home. So mm -hmm. like, that's... Uh, that's I, like, I understand. We're going to make one that says old and crappy millennial um, mm -hmm. for people who would like to, to you know, support the Alley Forney Center and maybe sort of show off their old and crappy millennial pride um mm -hmm. so that'll be coming soon if if you're interested so yeah it's exciting i love whenever things like exist on twitter completely and then become this real thing it's fun yeah and uh thank you for doing that and thank you for the effort you've put in for uh that, that donation to the alley for center yeah so that's all good uh so on that note on this pride-tastic episode uh <laughs> we we will we will wrap it up and until next time enjoy your lemon bars that you're withholding from me and <laughs> your your t-shirts uh that people people can't wear but may soon someday be able to wear in situations <laughs> that would be appropriate socially um thank you again and you enjoy time with your niece mm -hmm. i will